Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 4, Episode 3, Wookie Clicker. The book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, by Dave Wolferton. The year, 1996. Chapters 5 through 6. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Hi, I'm the Herbs and Spices Kid. Take it down a notch, Han. If you leave Star Fox there, he's going to eat that millennial kiss. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bees, hey, bees, hey, bees. Yo, baby, boop, bitches, I got it. <laughs> and welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, joined as always by my other friend, our host, John. Our host. Our host, John. <laughs> it's it's my girl Friday, our host, John. <laughs> yeah, he's my girl Friday, not my gal. No, no, we're we're more egalitarian than that around here. We've <laughs> I'm not. That, I'm not into that old school. We've we've moved that glass ceiling up an inch and a half. Nice. That's right. And we've added spikes to it. <laughs> but don't worry, ladies. They're to the top. Don't worry, ladies. The spikes are pink. <laughs> That's to keep you aware of breast cancer. <laughs> Always terminally afraid of breast cancer. <laughs> Run! It's breast cancer. <laughs> So uh, this is going to be a weird episode for John and I because everything at my house broke. Yeah, your house, just uh, just a big pile of nonsense shut down. Everything went crazy. My computer stopped working correctly. My uh, my The power kept going out. So we were like, well, we have to record this somewhere, somehow. So we've trucked over to John's house. And somehow, some way, and we keep coming up with shit like every single day. <laughs> Uh, uh, Yeah, rolling down the street, smoking Indo. Uh, But no, the problem is that it turns out we didn't have any C-clamps, so we couldn't put up our mic stands. Yeah, right now I have to hold a mic up to my own mouth like some kind of fucking barbarian. Yeah, I have to do my tight five here. That's that's the feeling I'm getting off of this. Oh, yeah. I keep having a hold of the mic and having to, like, keep it at mic distance this whole time i feel like i should be walking around yeah right and smoking with one hand and then stopping every once in a while to get a drink out of that way too small cup of water you know it's like on the ge- stool gesture to one guy below me be like this guy gets it yeah hey sir sir where are you from sir where are you from? i gotta do some crowd work i ran out of material <laughs> where are you from chat ahead hey we got any uh anniversaries in the house tonight hickory dickory duck I haven't had a meaningful conversation with my son in six years. <laughs> That's right. That's the material we're doing. <laughs> so uh, so if, if the mics sound a little off, it's because we're holding them like comedians instead of, you know, like podcasters, like civilized and, and, and uh, professional podcasters. Yeah, I got out of the stand-up comedy world because of exactly things like this. <laughs> is, this why, is this why you couldn't hack it, John? It wasn't the long hours or the sleeping no, in vans. It wasn't the constantly being on the road and only being able to see people like every few months. Oh, no. It was definitely the five minutes I had to hold my own mic. <laughs> this is weird. I was just working on a five-minute chunk this morning. I've never been a stand-up comedian, and I never will be, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to see if I could write write like a, a routine Yeah, just to see what that, that process was like so i was actually working on one this morning and it goes a little something (laughs) i think it might go a little something i like this i need a suggestion from the audience what's that i hear do your normal material thank you i will oh thank you good (laughs) anyway this is chapters five and six of the courtship of princess leia by dave wolverton which came out in 1996 and uh it starts out 
well, pretty crazy. I mean, we knew that Han had a desperate and crazy plan back at Chapter 4. I'd ask for a recap, but nothing was happening. I mean, Chapters 3 and 4 were kind of just the same shit for two chapters, and nothing really happened outside of everyone act like weird, shitty babies to each other. The one thing I'll say for sure, John, is that no one sets a scene quite like Dave Wolverton. Like, even if he's going to ruin it by the end, the the (laughs) opening of any given chapter sounds rad as hell. And this chapter's no exception, because basically, at the beginning of chapter five, Han has worked his way through the underworld of Coruscant to find himself at a fancy-ass poker game. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a fancy-ass poker game. Like, the whole point of this is that it's super duper underground fair it's a down and dirty poker game but the players certainly are fun to hear about well yeah because they're he's at a t- he's a four-player table he's brought 3po with him for some reason i don't understand why he would bring 3po and i have a i have an idea of why he did Do and i'll get into like that later cards or something no no i'll get okay. into it later sure but uh chewbacca is also there but chewbacca is pretty much dialed out at this point i feel like we're gonna get a lot of that in this book <laughs> there's a lot of chewbacca's on his cell phone throughout this book where like stuff is happening and like people are talking to each other and they mention chewbacca is there but he is not having it yeah like his head will pop up briefly from his phone look around realize it's not important and just go back down he's just sitting there playing whatever the star wars version of candy crush is mm-hmm. and he just looks up and goes and then yeah. right back to it i'm sure it's just corelli and candy crush yeah uh, so, so yeah, he's he's down there with them. But let's talk about the other players at the table for this Sabak game. Let's do that. So, first of all, we have a Kolumai, or a Kolumi. Yep, that Kolumi, who is... He's fucking... He's Megamind. He's a yeah. blue guy with a giant head, and it's all veiny and... Throbby. It's all veiny and tumescent. It's veiny and throbby and pulsating. <laughs> It's slick. There's just a little bit of pre-cum on the top of his head. <laughs> That's just the culture they have. <laughs> they all It's like a yarmulke for them. They all wear a little bit of pre-cum. He's basically a blue Choaniki guy. Uh, uh, but no, he's he's one of your generic brainulos. Huge head, tiny body. Yeah. He's got a huge head, and he's floating around on like a little hover thing that attaches to his dome because... Apparently, his body is one-third head, and then the rest of it is, like, his shitty, useless body, so much like mine. <laughs> yeah, John. Except that Modoc isn't hugely fat. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, I guess that's true. I, I, I don't know. for I, No, he gets knocked out of that outfit from time to time. I don't think I've ever seen Modoc outside of his weird propulsor chair. I, I have. There's episodes where, or, or uh, comics issues where they think it's blown off of him, and he's just a little tiny dude. A little... Carlton F. He's just a little baby. He's just a little baby. He goes, that's the sound I make when I'm running. Yeah, that's that's him. Yeah. But no, uh, so he's just, you know, a big blue guy with a tiny little body, and he's floating there and playing cards with these other people. The other people also include, as long as we're sticking to guys who are hugely important in this chapter, but do not get names, (laughs) the Gotal. It's the Senator Gotal that we had before. He... Uh, saw him way back in like chapter one or two or yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's in chapter one. He was he's just hanging out at the Alderaan box watching the delivery of presents from Hapes. Yeah, and I mean at this point, we're basically looking at weird superpower poker because the Kalumi, their whole thing is they're like, oh yeah, their brains are smarter than computers. They're able to do. Uh, ridiculous amounts of calculations, and they're just crazy smart. Yes. And then the Gotal is like, oh, I'm playing poker while I also read 
the emotions and everything of everyone in the room. It mentions, it specifically says that he's playing Sabak with his eyes closed. Oh yeah, he doesn't even care. He's like, uh, I'm not going to look for tells. I'm just using my weird vibration detecting horns. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder what the line is. Like, what's the species you wouldn't let play Sabak with you? Like, if this Gotal's not even going to pay attention to his, I, he's playing with his eyes closed, so I don't know what it, how he knows what his own cards are. I think he looks at his cards oh, and then okay. closes his eyes. Oh, all right, but if he's allowed to read everyone's emotions all the time, like, what's where's the line? What if you were playing? What if you were a forty foot tall guy with eye stalks and you were just like able to see everyone else's cards from way up high? Or I mean, even just. For shit that is in universe, what if you're a telepath and you're like, oh, I'm just reading everyone's mind. Oh, yeah. I'm a Jedi. I wanted to play this game. And also, you want to tell us what your cards are? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really do have to wonder where like people playing Sabacc draw the line of, I'm sorry, your weird like alien abilities allow you too much leeway in this. Yeah. It just seems like it's going to be a problem. And yet here we find this guy and he's just like... Closing his eyes and horning at people as hard as he can. Just wob, wob, wob. You're nervous. I can tell because you're nervous. Yeah. I mean, you'd think you'd be like, no, dude, you're not allowed to play against other people. You go play like roulette or some shit. You can go play with the other Gotals and emotion readers that there are wandering around. There should be a whole table for people who got cones. <laughs> Here's the cone table. Hey, you have to go sit at the cone table, sir. I'm sorry. You need to be with the cone heads. And then our third other player, besides Han himself, is someone who actually gets a name, and it's Warlord. Lord Omog. Oh, Warlord Omog, who is in a suit so that she can breathe? Yeah, she's from a methane atmosphere, and so she's got a little helmet on that pumps methane all around her. She's got a little fart hat. She has, yeah, she's sitting in a fart hat. She's basically a dragon woman in a fart hat. <laughs> well, I know what my next character is for the next time I play an RPG. <laughs> So, so Warlord Omog is a Drachmarian. That's yeah. the species name, and it's described as powerful, huge, scaled, and muscly. Uh, but then, since they breathe methane, they have to wear these these helmets that are pumped full of methane gas, and you can't see their faces. And all you can occasionally see is like a glimpse of their teeth, like coming through as glints in the, in the fog. So even she's kind of poker cheating here. Oh yeah, it's oh no, I'm not going to let you see anything of my face, and. You know, I'm also already, like, a scaled being, so it's not like you can really check out what's going on with, like, oh, am I getting goosebumps? Or... She's, she's the only one who's cheating the way that, or not cheating exactly, but gaming poker the way that I hate in real life. Oh, yeah, the people who are like, I'm going to wear sunglasses and a hat, and yeah, I may I'm, as well be wearing a bandana around my mouth, too. I've got a cowboy hat, a giant pair of wraparound sunglasses, 45 pounds of ZZ Top beard, and uh, my eyes are just pinpricks behind a, a welding mask I'm wearing. Also, I'm in an entire deep sea diver's outfit. Yeah, I just want to make sure that nobody can see anything that I'm doing. Welcome to the world, the exciting world of competitive poker. I, I, I honestly don't understand why some of them do that and some of them don't in poker. It feels like once it catches on, they should all be fucking doing it. I feel like the ones who don't are the ones who are like, I'm just going to, I'm good enough to fucking psych your ass out with my own shit. That must be it. Honestly, though, I feel like if I, if they expect me to keep watching poker on ESPN2 at 1130 at night with fucking Dave Foley, no. they, they need to set a rule where everyone's got to have all their shit off their face. I mean, that or everyone has to be in a different getup. Oh, yeah, like, if someone calls too. cowboy hat and wraparound sunglasses, no one else can have it. And if you want to cover up, you got to find something else. Yeah. I want a dude at the table in the fucking cantina werewolf mask <laughs> is what I am looking for. I want someone dressed up like the Gorton's fisherman. <laughs> Get that big floppy raincoat hat and combo going out. <laughs> Just pull out. The, rain, the hat down over your face so you can't be seen. Yeah, sometimes a pair's better. <laughs> 
just every single person at the table is completely bedecked in a face covering get up. One guy's dressed as Mysterio. Oh, it's just straight up the monster mash and they're playing poker. That's what I want out of life. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. That would that would fix poker for me. <laughs> yeah. Now I would watch the world series of poker. Yeah. So anyway, that's our that's our fantastic cast of characters. We've got the floaty brain yellow, we've got a regular old boring goat's hall, and we've got a big old dragon in a fart bubble mask. And Han is there, and apparently Han has won his way up from just using the amount of money he got from, like... Hawking the Falcon. Yeah, mortgaging the, the Falcon. Yeah. How is he so poor? He's a Republic general. I know. There's a lot of shit about Han being a Republic general that doesn't come up that I'm always like, I'm sorry, what... <laughs> I mean, because we live in California, right? We live in San Diego specifically, home of rich, retired military. Everywhere you drive around here, you come across huge neighborhoods full of the homes of generals. And they're enormous, crazy houses. And this guy is like, oh, can I borrow like $5 till paid? It's like he's her, her, Leia's competition in this thing is a huge prince who's mega rich and a dude who works at a gas station. But no, he is a straight up general. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. Basically, the plot of this entire book is the song Two Princes by the Spin Doctors. Yes, except that both of them are full-on princes who are actually princes and are both rich. Yeah, it's one, two. Yeah. Princes here before you. Yeah. That's what he said now. Yeah. <laughs> this one wants to give you money. And then this one over here wants to give you money. <laughs> this one wants to buy you rockets. <laughs> so uh, this, is a, this is a problem. But anyway, Han is playing some sabacc with these guys. And... Now, I know what you're probably expecting, which is sort of that fun way to describe how a poker player wins by being canny and kind of dropping some some uh, minor losses in order to pick them back up on large gains later. Oh, yeah. The thing where you, like, play the room, and you're like, okay, I, I've gotten this one player to really assume that I play in a certain way, and then I'm going to switch up the way I play just to fuck with them. And yeah. Like, you're actually going to, oh, oh, actually, I know how to play this game the entire time. Like, he's going to shark the room or something. I mean, once you get to this table, I assume you can't shark anyone, because you, you don't really get to this table unless you can win. But that still doesn't affect the fact that Han's actual plan here is to desperately and accidentally win 13 games in a row. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, they're like, all right, you've won, like, 10 hands in a row or whatever mm -hmm. and now you're coming into this one and 3PO is sitting there like uh Master Han you know <laughs> the odds of winning this are 11,627,535 to 1 winning 11 hands in a row in Sabak oh and he keeps saying just in Sabak which let's talk about data sets here is it just a playing in regular old Sabak 3PO or is it playing Sabak with four players and one of them's a brain yellow and one of them can read emotions and the third one he can't read her face cuz she's in a fart mask and also is this actually accurate cuz i feel like if there's any sort of capability of playing a game well then the odds will be changed if it's like you have to make decisions it's not just i look at the cards i have what are the odds i get a card that will make me win which you can calculate yeah so first of all we've talked about sabak before in fact it was a bonus content discussion once. oh yeah i did a, a whole thing on sabak so this isn't traditional sabak that they're playing uh they are playing force sabak which is sabak but stupider uh, yep. It doesn't make any team. sense. Yeah, you have to, well, you pick a team on the fly every hand. Yeah, you have to pick a team every deal. They come out, and you have to pick whether you are light side or dark side. Mm -hmm. And the people who win are based on Your whether whole... light or dark wins. Yeah. And then whoever in that faction wins 
has the highest hand among that faction will then win the pot. So this this creates a number of questions about simple gameplay that we did not get good answers to. Uh, notably, how come when the first person who announces I'm light side, how come they don't immediately get shut out by everyone else just saying I'm dark side? Oh, yeah. Because immediately at that point, you're like, okay, well, now my competition went down to two other people instead of three. Yeah. If I just, we all decide, fuck that guy, he loses. Yeah, so there has to be a way that, and it's not that it's random chance. You choose because apparently, and, and Sabak, if you don't, if you haven't listened to that bonus content episode, it's basically, what if poker, but the cards changed randomly in your hand all the time, no matter what you did, and also you're playing with a fucking tarot deck. So, like, when your cards show up upside down and shit, that matters. Oh, yeah, so there's... You know, the different sets will be either positive or negative. So if you're dark side, you want negative. If you're light side, you want positive numbers. And the idea is to come as close to, without going over, positive or negative 23. Yeah. And if you can get exactly 23, then that's like getting blackjack. And if you get a zero, a two, and a three, then that's the actual blackjack. I'm, I'm of the sorry, game. it's the idiot, a two, and a three. Yeah, the idiot counts for zero points. So if you get the idiot, a two, and a three, that's the idiot's array, which because it spells zero, two, three, or 23, and you automatically win that hand. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that counts if in force the back, though. Oh, it does. It does. You still win even if your, your, your side got beaten otherwise? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's it's just an unnecessarily confusing game where there's all these things that calls to question, like, okay, so what happens when it's a two-player game? Who gets to call first, whether they're light side or dark side? What happens if everyone at the table all chooses dark side? What happens? Well, then it's just highest hand. But then how come they don't do that every every game? I, it's so confusing. It's, it's a very stupid way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had to pick secretly, like, you look at the cards you got, you mm -hmm. go... All right, I've got a good light side hand. I'll pick light side. And you just like move one of two chips over, and then everyone reveals at the same time whether they're light or dark. That could work. Yeah. So, uh, okay. They are playing for absolutely ludicrous sums of money, by the way. The opening bet at the very first hand that we get to see, which, by the way, they've been playing for a long time. So this is a big bet. It's 40 million credits. That's yeah. an, uh, and it's immediately matched and doubled. So 40 million is the start. Or, or what is that? 200,000 bands? Yeah. It's an insane amount of money that's floating around. It's just a shitload of money. Everything is on this. and That's like four gurries. <laughs> that's enough to buy four gurries and a little bit of leftover to buy like a, I don't know, what's a shitty droid? A chopper. <laughs> what's a shitty droid? <laughs> I don't know. That red R2 unit? Yeah, uh, R2A4 or whatever his name is. Yeah. It could very well the be. The one that blew up? Yeah. The one what blown up. That's all he's known for. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, eventually it gets too rich for Han, for not Han. It gets too rich for the Kolumai and the Gotal's bl blood, and so they both back out. Well, yeah, he wins the that hand. Yeah, he wins a big hand and basically cleans out the Kolumai and the and the uh, Gotal. Yeah, he's sitting at like a billion credits. Yeah, at he this has point. he has an insane amount of money, and he's getting ready to, I guess, leave when Omog is like. Wait, and she she has a talking thing where like they add a bunch of extra consonants at the beginning of ends of the words. So she's like, "Wait, human." Oh yeah, I mean it's it's what you do for lizard people is yes. they just have extra syllables. Uh huh. So she's like, "Hold on, I want to go double or nothing." And he's like, "Well, what are you going to offer up? That's double my winnings." And she said she. Waves at some droid who brings over a little box and hands it to her. And it turns out it's a little hollow display that shows an entire planet. She's like, here you go. Uh, you can put down a payment on this planet. And if you win, you get this planet. It's, uh, you know, it's a livable planet. Got a good atmosphere. There's, mm -hmm. you know, three continents. Three continents and a big old sea. And there's bipedal grazing beasts wandering around. And it's called Dathomir. And it could be yours if the price is right. 
And of course, 3PO's like, oh, but Master Han, the odds of winning 12 hands in a row are 57 bajillion to whatever the fuck. Yeah. Now, it's my, like, my idea is the go. reason he brought 3PO is those are bullshit numbers. And he is using 3PO <laughs> to psych out his opponents into being like, oh, there's no way he could win. The odds of that, did you hear that droid? It's like 12 million to one. You can't trust 3PO to lie for you on that kind of a scale. Oh, but all 3PO- you need to do is go, hey, 3PO, I'd need you to just give the odds as if I were a widow biddle baby playing Sabacc. Yeah, like 3PO, the odds are of me winning this are a billion to one because I suck ass. Just keep saying that. Just keep saying what the odds would be if I never looked at my cards and played poorly. It bothers me that, ha- that 3PO doesn't change the odds based on the fact that the game is now a one-on-one. Oh, yeah, no. It just kept going up from the past one. I'm like, does that mean... Were your odds better with four players? I feel like that's wrong. Yeah, it doesn't seem right to me. But anyway, it's it's really interesting how they don't just say she's putting the planet up as, as her bet. She's like, okay, no, I'm putting down this planet, and you have to buy, using some of your current winnings, a stake in the planet, and then I'll bet the planet. Yeah. It's it's weird how she, how she works that way. But anyway, she throws down the planet, and uh, Han's like, oh, good. This is the only reason I've been playing cards all day is because I've been trying to find someone who was rich enough and stupid enough to bet a planet they own. Yeah, this is that's the only- a real weird plan you got there, It's a Han. strange assumption that paid off somehow. His, <laughs> fucking his luck in this is like, oh, I, I want to get into a high stakes poker game so I can get a planet, and then it works. I'm like, no, 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 hold Hold the fuck up! And how do you, how do you win thir- how do you win the planet? Well, I'll just win thirteen games of cards in a row, and then I get the planet. I'm just gonna continue to go all in forever and always win. Well, that's a great plan. I I hate that every time we've seen, and this happened in Crystal Star as well. When Han is like, "Oh, I'm gonna gamble. What do you do? Oh, I just win." I'm just lucky. Yeah, I just there's no strategy to it. He just wins over and over again. No, it's not like we get to see like, ooh, Han's got a cool idea on how to play or he knows the right ways to psych people out. It's always just Han stumbles ass first into winning and good and, for him. And I think we're supposed to like him for it. We're supposed to be like, I love that charming rogue who the laws of probability obey f- or, or display f- obeisance too. Yeah, for some reason he just gets away with dumb shit. It's just so annoying. Anyway, we don't actually get to see this last hand. We get su- we get three uh, PO saying what the odds are, and we get the planet being put on the table. The little picture of the planet. Yep. And uh, and then we cut to Leia's stateroom. <laughs> and at Leia's stateroom, thankfully Isolder isn't there. We don't have to deal with that stuff yet. Instead, Han comes breathlessly running up and banging on the door. <laughs> Uh, oh god i got a thing he's all sweaty and tired he looks like he's been drinking all day oh yeah i mean he essentially went straight from this poker game that's in the description of it is that it is basically like the bowels of coruscant because there's no natural light ever hits it it is so far below the city level that it's just like this ancient decrepit ass place where only scoundrels are playing poker or sabak. Sabak, yes. Let's go. Let's go ahead and remember that it's called sabak. Yeah. But okay, so he basically runs all the way up, and in the chapter that the first half of the chapter, he's like described as being sweaty and disheveled and desperate and tired, and he just runs right to her house. Oh yeah, probably hauling a printer. <laughs> I get that reference. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Han shows up. He looks like a stank-ass, sweaty mess, and he's like, Leia, 
Lay, I got you this. Yeah, and she's like, this is an amazing moment. Oh, first of all, by the way, Warlord Omog kind of threatens him on the way out. She's like, you may not make it back out of the underworld, human. Man. And I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of, I liked her, so I'm really kind of hoping that that's, she's a continued character. I assume not. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we're probably done with all three of them. But anyway, yeah, when she gets to, when, when uh, Han gets into a room, the first thing she does is kind of go, oh, hi, Han. I need, uh, okay, how do I get rid of this dickhead? Uh, how do I get rid of Han? Hi, Han. It's nice to see you. Look, if you're still thinking about the argument we had earlier, it's okay i forgive you because you were definitely the one who was wrong oh yeah she just like opens the door and is like oh han are you here to apologize and i'm like oh fuck you <laughs> yeah that argument wasn't resolved <laughs> so but anyway yeah she opens it up and it's like i guess i forgive you but look I, you gotta go I, I have a i have a meeting with a barabelle and and you just you gotta go and he's look, like no. you you are stinking up my whole business yeah. here and she's like and he's like no 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 hold on hold on i gotta i gotta give you a thing i gotta here take this just, i got a cube for you just take the cube take the cube and she's like okay all right so she takes the cube flips it open and he's like look it's a world it's a world and i got it for you i got a whole planet a for whole, you it's a planet that i own and i'm letting you have it it's called dathomir now Leia goes and punches in Dathomir to the Republic computer well, and she doesn't just start by looking it up. She has to emasculate him in the very, well, not emasculate, I guess, but just sort of make, render him a child, basically, by kind of going, what? That can't be right. This is stupid. You don't have a good planet. No, well, no. I, I'm going to look it up because I've heard of this planet and I'm pretty sure you've got something stupid. No, it's, I mean, when she first gets it, she's like, because uh, Han thinks it's in the Drakmar system because it's a Drakmarian that yeah. gave it to him. And she looks at it and she's like, goes, oh, this doesn't have two sons. It can't be in the Drakmar system. Let's find out what it is. Yeah. And Dathomir is in the system. It's in the Quelly system. Well, I'm saying it's in the system, like computer system. Oh, yes. It is, in, it is in the computer system. <sighs> My question is, why didn't Luke ask... Like anyone on Coruscant, right? what the fuck Dathomir is? Oh my god! When they, when he gets that news from the uh, from the Jedi like cave that he was in on Tula, and it's like you must find the Dathomir system. He's like, who? You must find Dathomir. Or What's a Dathomir? Who or what is Dathomir? And yet it's on friggin' Wikipedia. Oh yeah, I mean he asks R two. He's like, hey R two, any uh, Dathomirs in your astrogation? And R 2s like, no, I only got local maps. Yeah, I'm like I'm like a GPS that only has North America in it. Man, don't stop at 3PO. He's a translator, not a map. <laughs> and I, Ask R2. He's the one with no. That's who he asked. He oh, asked yes, R2. R2. Okay, yeah. And asked R2 didn't know. But ultimately, it's, I'm saying it, it's ask an actual computer. Like when Leia called him and was like, "Oh, I like every boy." Yeah. Why didn't he go? Oh, while I got you on the horn, can you look up Dathomir for me yeah, on the giant computer system you have? No, it's not mysterious enough apparently. But it turns out that Dathomir is located in the Quelly system, which unfortunately is under the control of Warlord Zinge. Yeah, and that is when. Leia just becomes the most condescending fucking asshole of just like, oh, Han, you got me a useless dumb planet for idiots. This is a and like ruffles his hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she literally like that's an actual thing that happens in the book. She reaches out to Han and ruffles his hair like he's an eight year old who's really who's trying too hard to drink all the purple stuff in your fridge. Oh, yeah. He's no. just like, oh, you're she's, oh, you're so cute with your stupid use. Oh, you know what? She's treating Han like an eight year old that showed up with a frog he caught yeah. and is like, oh, look at you, you little scamp. Now take that outside. We're going to put Dathomir right on the fridge, buddy. Oh, my God. Just 
I mean, I would understand if she was like, oh my god, you got scammed. This planet either doesn't exist or is inhabitable. Like, it got glassed during the wars or whatever. Yeah, it's radiate. It's covered in super toxins or something. But instead, it's, oh no, it's a perfectly fine planet. It's just in the territory of someone we were planning to fight anyway. Yeah. Like, Let's this keep is in an mind. investment planet. Let's keep in mind that Han has spent the past five months of his life with an actual plan to kill Warlord Zinge and take his territory back. So... In addition to her, to her just immediately ripping into him for the planet not being very good, she's like, also, I don't think you can do your job. Uh, also, That's the follow-up. Because it's in Warlord Zinj's territory, it's useless, and I'm saying this because I do not think you can get rid of Warlord Zinj. Yes, I am doubting your capability as, as a Republic general. Also, that planet you tried to give me is useless. You're so cute. Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. Now get going, you scamp. Come on, go outside and play with your friends. Try not to break any windows with that slingshot of yours. <laughs> Why don't you go play some stickball? What the hell? And the problem is that Han, as he's leaving, is like, well, I guess I feel like a big dope now. She even treated me like a big kid, and I guess I kind of am. What am I going to do with a 2.4 billion credit planet that is in a temporarily inconvenient location? Oh, yeah. At that point, I'm like, Han, you're the dumbest motherfucker in the world. You either, A, have the option of... Why don't you go into another game somewhere and I've, also bet it? I mean, given that you de- never do anything but win, you might as well go risk this thing. Yeah, just go to like Narshada, go to the highest game table and be like, I'd like to buy in with this planet. Yeah, or just convert it to poker chips. Be like, hey, Yurga the Hut or whatever the fuck. I have this planet. It's worth $2.4 billion. Can I get a bunch of poker chips? Ooh, I'd like to cash out. Oh, I'm a billionaire. That's fun. How much do planets cost? Yeah, I mean, at that point... <sighs> It's just kind of silly, and even if he was like, I don't have enough for a planet as good as this planet is, sure, whatever, you can at least like put a down payment on something. Whatever, trade it for a smaller planet, and then you got enough left over for a fun set of glow-in-the-dark vampire teeth. <laughs> I'm going to get uh, a small planet and vampire teeth, and I guess I got five billion left. I'll take a Tootsie Roll pop. I'm going to get a Tootsie Roll. Ooh, a lime one. Ooh, give me that one. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, the, here's the other thing I'm wondering: is Han has always been established as a person with one foot in the underworld, right? Like in the in the net in the. Uh, oh yeah, crime, I mean, crime. even as a general, he's still sort of smugglery. Yeah, he maintains his contacts. He keeps the Falcon. Why doesn't he know anyone who would be willing to purchase an imperially owned plant or an imperial uh, neighborhood planet? He's got to have some friends on the other side. Well, yeah, that's his thing. He's got friends on the other side. <laughs> yes, he's uh, he's an obscure reference to the princess and the frog. Yep. Uh, but, no, like, it's just so weird that he's like, oh, Leia was right. This planet is worthless. Oh, I'm a big dumb dummy. I'm worthless, too. This planet's so... And, and he has enough credits left over because Chewbacca offhandedly, like, from off screen, just kind of reached in and pulled the value of the Falcon <laughs> out of the pot at one point. Yeah, he was sitting there like, I'm going to push all this in and just, like... A big furry hand from off screen just like comes in, grabs enough chips to get the Falcon out of Hawk and just takes it out. <laughs> and then he just walks off and sits down and starts playing car- or video games again. Oh, yeah. He's just <laughs> fucking Chewbacca in this is my favorite. Yeah. Because he is so checked out. He is completely off screen and deeply checked out. It's the best. 
<laughs> so, so Han leaves dejected. He is defeated by the fact that his planet is in the wrong location. But this has got to be one of my favorite things I've ever read. Is just Han Han being like, "I got you a planet," and, and then once you love the planet, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask her to marry me on the planet. Oh, on the planet, I'll be a bona fide prince. It said so in this fortune cookie. <laughs> One bona fide prince coming right up. <laughs> but but then he, she's like, "No, that planet's stupid, and you're a big dope, and I love you." Ah, oh, you big stupid idiot! Get out of here! I'm gonna go fuck a soldier. <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, he does. He fucks along. And the next scene is him hanging around at a bar, talking to 3PO. Well, first we got to get the assassination. Oh, you want to do that? Okay, is that first? All right, sure. I I guess I forgot which one of these two scenes happens when. Uh, Okay, so... Leia is supposed to be meeting Princey Solder for like a uh, a detente. That, me- that Barabel meeting. The Barabel meeting. Yes, she's supposed to be meeting him to discuss things with the Barabel. I don't know why he's going to be there beyond the fact that I guess he's eminently fuckable. Well, uh, the whole thing with him is uh, because in the other chapters we got that thing where he's like, "Oh, yeah. I heard that there's an assassination attempt coming." So I'm going to hang around Princess Leia all the time, no matter what. Yeah, and she like finds his guards outside of her door and all that. And and at no point does she go, "No, this is wildly inappropriate." But sure enough, it's just that he's appended himself to her calendar in all respects. Oh yeah, and, and she s- still isn't just like, "No, I don't like this. Get out of here." No, but the thing is, she's like, "Oh, I love this. Yeah, I am just already." Five million percent on board with a soldier. He shows up and goes like, "Hey, uh, you mind if I come with you to this Barabel meeting?" And there's and no point where she's like, "That would be a really weird thing for the Barabel." That would be like one weird for them, and two, an incredible breach of intelligence. Yeah, because this is a Barabel spy on a mission to like the diplomat that's going to try and do negotiations between these two people. And you want to just sit in on it? What are we, the Trumps? Get out of here. It doesn't make any sense at all. She's like, oh, you know what I would like to bring with me to this meeting, Mr. Barabel, is, uh, oh, the crown prince of a deeply isolationist, super warlike imperial superpower. And he's just going to sit there, don't worry about it, and look pretty. Don't worry. He's just there as arm candy. That's, I mean, what are we talking about? And her reaction to him going, hey, do you mind if I come along, isn't, what the fuck, it's, Ooh, he asked instead of just saying he was going to go along. What a gentleman. Okay. <laughs> and it's not even what? She, he's not even especially gentlemanly because his reason for wanting to go with her is Barabels are dangerous. Oh yeah, he's like, "Look, Barabels are dangerous. Also there might be an assassination attempt. And she, I want to be by your side to protect you." And she can't be like, "Well, I'm I've done a ton of research on Barabels and I've met several of them and I'm an I'm a Republic ambassador and please don't tell me whether or not things are dangerous." Instead, she's like, "Ooh, a, a dashing gentleman wants to protect me." Ooh, he must have learned his manners because on his world, all the ladies are in power. Yeah. If it was Han, he would have just said he was going to go with me. But a soldier will kindly ask and then probably would have gone anyway. Yeah, there's no way he would have taken no. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so they're walking down the street when all of a sudden here comes old Threckenhorm, they say. Old Threckenhorm. Here comes old Threckenhorm. Threckenhorm and his hover round. He's going to try and sell us gold dust he found in the hills. Threckenhorm is in this book way more than I was imagining he would be. Yeah, he is a way more important character than you were led to believe. Uh, yeah. So basically, he comes floating down the street in his stupid hover chair, and he's basically coming along to try and speed along the infucking. Oh, yeah. He just like shows up and he's like, hey, you two, are you boned down yet? You mm. better. 
I know a really good lube store in this neighborhood. I'm threcking harm. I needed to get in and out of my chair. <laughs> hey, I uh, happen to have this book of weird sex positions if you guys want that. <laughs> oh, look at that. My my hover chair fires condoms. <laughs> don't, don't wear them, though. You need to have an air. <laughs> uh, and then the car that they are waiting for pulls up. But, oh, no, it's not the car they're waiting for. It's an assassin. Yeah, and it's not just any assassin, but it's a it's a type of assassin droid that Leia immediately recognizes because she looks at it and she goes, "A tall cylindrical body with a bullet like head? That's an Imperial assassin droid, Mark four three four. Oh yeah. Well, there are multiple assassins because one yes. is There's a some dude too. Is a dude that points a gun out of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the droid she recognized was dressed up as a janitor droid that was just across the street. <laughs> And then as the shots are being fired, another guy gets out of the car and starts shooting at them as well. So Prince Hapes deploys his personal weapon that he uses. In oh, these Prince Hapes. Oh, sorry. I saw him Prince Hapes. Uh, <laughs> Prince Hapes. Prince Hapes. Uh, no. Okay. So Princey Solder deploys his special weapon he uses in these situations, which I'm sure would have existed if they had ever made an action figure of this guy, an energy shield, basically a lightsaber shield. Oh, yeah. He, like, gets... If you've seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he basically has Coulson's energy shield. Mm -hmm. So he deploys a little shield that straps to one of his arms and creates a blue light field in front of him that can block lasers. Uh, It's basically a lightsaber, but better, because it can block them without having to swing it around. Oh, yeah. It's just a big lightsaber round shield. But he can also, which he will do later, hit a dude in the face with it and burn him. Yeah, it burns through people when it hits them. So he immediately throws Leia back behind him uh, him and starts blocking all these shots and, and returning fire while also yelling at his personal guard to go off and kill the various assassins. And, you know, Captain Astarta, get the droid and that kind of shit. Yeah. And meanwhile, my favorite part of this is what Threken Horm is up to. Thre- which- <laughs> Threken Horm straight up like Looney Tunes his way out of there. He kind of just leaves making the noise a tiny dog does when you step on it. He just he just accelerates his hover chair to maximum and flies down the street going, yipe, 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 yipe. He fucking hits a button and like 60 miles an hour backwards flies down. He may as well leave a Threcken Horm shaped dust cloud from where he was. Big old Threcken Horm shaped hole in the nearest wall and then another one behind it. Just gone. Just vanishes the way. Exit stage left even. Yeah. So he just complete Scooby Doo disappears and it's great. He pieces out at its speed. But and first his car is cherished like charge up. And then he disappears. Yeah. And he just vanishes. But this fight goes on for a while. Uh, Princey Solder uses his light shield, just called a personal energy shield, to sl- half slice the face off a guy. Like he does a shield bash on the guy's face. And it's not quite lightsabery because it doesn't like cut the dude's face off, but it's enough energy that it basically burns half of his face he turns a dude into like two faces is what happens well, basically while he's being interrogated in in the next shot of the of the scene here chunks of his face are falling off yeah is the description uh so he burns a dude's face and the dude collapses to the ground and they start talking to each other briefly in hapen uh so we don't get to see what that information is because again no one is bothered to install their local translator things nope but uh at the end the guy just pulls out a gun and shoots himself in the head mm-hmm uh, and, and, you know, they managed to dispatch all of the other assassins. Yeah. And uh, basically, Solder is like, oh, I tried to figure out who sent these assassins, but all he was doing was begging for death. Yeah. 
Uh, and then they you know, go back into Leia's room because they're like, oh, we can't do the meeting now. We've got to go on lockdown. They lock down Leia's room and he's like, hey, give me some sugar. Yeah. So he just snags her and pulls her in for a kiss. And she's like, "Ooh, I'm way into this. And he after this long make out kiss, he goes, come to Hapes with me. Come away with me to Hapes for like months. And she just goes. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. I am on board. The entire makeout session that's happening, we get Leia's thoughts, and she's like, huh, I think, I've, I think I'm betraying Han, but fuck that guy? <laughs> like, that is <laughs> her inner in the, monologue. Kind of in the main, fuck that guy. He did just bring me a whole terrible planet. That guy who just <laughs> brought me a planet, that little scamp, he's like a brother to me. I'm gonna fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Luke, who is less like a brother to me than Han. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, that, like, the end of the chapter is just Princess Leia completely being like, Oh, I'm on board. I am on Team Isolder now. Let's do it. Yeah. The the scales have swung hard in this direction, and I will now go on a six-month cross-planetary vacation with Isolder. And I... I <laughs> Leia, come with me. Come with me to the Hapen planet Bofa. <laughs> <laughs> Bofa D's nuts! Uh, I wanted to let you have it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I let it sit for a second if you wanted it. I didn't want... No, no. I wanted you to be able to have that. Thank you. So... Chapter six. Chapter six has maybe my favorite opening scene of anything ever. And this is the bar? Yes. Okay, so Han is sitting around in a bar, drunk off his fucking ass. He is drinking, we are told, mugs of rum. Corellian rum. He is drinking Corellian rum by the mug. I assume this is like a Romulan ale thing, where they, they say Romulan ale, but it's clearly some pale blue liqueur, and you can only drink a tiny amount of it. Whereas this is the, this this is is the like opposite. Corellian rum is actually just like, oh no, when we say Corellian rum, we actually mean it's like root beer. Yes, it's basically beer. Uh, so he is drinking mugs of Corellian rum and drunkenly talking to 3PO. And I assume Chewbacca is also there. Chewbacca is there. <laughs> and that is my, the reason it is my favorite scene is Han is despondent because at this point we it's cut forward several days he hasn't been able to see leia because she's been on like lockdown from the assassination attempt mm -hmm. uh he knows that she's been hanging out with a soldier a whole bunch because how much well you're gonna find out because there's some 3po has some ridiculous stats for us oh yeah and he has decided to seek solace in booze and 3PO... His old pal 3PO. Instead of Chewbacca, who I assume he tried first, and Chewbacca was like, I do not want to hear about this shit. Not even a little bit. And Han's like, but I love it. He's like... Da -da -da -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> no. <laughs> I ain't having it. <laughs> We're done. I, I, I'm one tile away from finishing this level one tile han one <laughs> han if you fuck this up for me i swear to god he's just over there swiping left and right on plenty of wookies <laughs> uh yeah no he is definitely so far gone from this entire story it is a treat to it's, imagine what is going on with Chewbacca here. Every time, I just want to zoom, I want to have the camera just quietly make its way over to Chewbacca instead, like it's an episode of The Fucking Office, and he's just over there on a laptop typing his own name in over and over again. It's <laughs> Chewbacca. 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 <laughs> That's all he's doing. <laughs> it just pans over, and he's writing, like, the great American novel. <laughs> 
or he's in a sword fight or something, and it just pans back, and Han's still kind of crying. <laughs> just, like, off in the background, you see him fighting against some Imperials, and then it goes right back to Han, who's like, why doesn't Leia like me? <laughs> so, big explosion from off screen. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I want. Chewbacca flies through the background with his fur all burned off. <laughs> yeah, I like to imagine the world of Chewbacca happening here. But okay, he is pouring his woes out to 3PO, and he has to start by explaining why he's even doing this, because normally he hates 3PO, and he's like, 3PO, I hate droids, but you're a droid I'm kind of okay with. I like you, man. You're good. You're you're good. You're a good one. Oh, droids? You're a good one, man. You're a good one. You're one of the good droids. But okay, I I need your help, and let me explain. I want you to give this note to Leia. It says, I like you, do you like me? But there's only one box, and it says yes. Uh, Master Master Han, this appears to just be the lyrics to Jesse's Girl scrawled out. Uh, that's all I want. All I want in life. Oh, Master Han, it appears you've given me your high school notebook full of goth poetry. <laughs> There's a phone number listed here, but it's the one from that song, Jenny. <laughs> uh, it's all I want. All I want is sad Han, and it's the best. That's why I love this scene. Super drunk Han just doing stupid shit. But he's like, okay, I need your help because you're like, you're an ambassador droid. You're- you're a counselor. Yeah. You should counsel me. Yeah, and so so 3PO's like, okay, oh, oh my. Normally I'm only used for translation, but I realize I'm now being used for ambassadorial services. Oh, what a delight. I actually am a fucking counselor droid. This is amazing. I've never been called on to do this. Okay. And so he's like, well, first of all, we have to establish that, that you're on a romantic rival- rivalry with the Princey Soldier. Okay, so... What we need to establish is what you've got that he ain't got. And let us begin here. Princey Soldier is a rich, handsome, wealthy prince from a faraway land with an exotic background and he's incredibly powerful. And you... Oh, I'm beginning to see your problem. Oh. Oh my, yes, it looks like you're a little bitch. <laughs> I love the, the sassy 3PO is strong in this chapter. Oh my god, this C-3PO in this chapter is a sassy bitch he is like a... every time it comes around for him to be like oh well i've got uh i've got an idea of what you could do master han why don't you go fuck yourself <laughs> you know hookers are available for like 50 credits just go fuck it out bro <laughs> <laughs> oh yes well that is soldier he's got quite the musculature but well, you he... uh i guess some people might like your frumpy body <laughs> so, <laughs> so okay so he starts give, rattling off some stats about how he is pretty sure that Isolder and Leia are hooking up at this point. And he's like, well, Master Han, I have established through careful observation that they've been in direct physical contact 82% of the past 36 hours. Oh, they're getting closer and closer. <laughs> okay, so first of all, they are touching 82% of the time. Oh, yeah. That is nonsense. Like That's like enough time to just go to the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> I fucking, okay, I've been in relationships where I'm like, I am into this person, and they are into me, and we are, like, always together. And I would even say at that point, 80%, I'd be like, you know what, just fucking give me a minute, (laughs) just a hot fucking second. I don't think I'm even touching my baby daughter 80% of the time. (laughs) Sometimes I put her in her bed. Yeah. I feel like 80% would have to be a Siamese twin. 
And, and, well, even, and, even, and I'd still be cutting myself loose from them. Well, 80% is just 80% of the time that 3PO sees them. And then to be fair, 3PO only watches them have sex. <laughs> Conjoined twin. <laughs> to be fair, 3PO is a voyeur pervert and is just only <laughs> ever in their closet watching them fuzz. <laughs> That's all he does. And even then, it's only 86% of the time because sometimes they separate to do some of the more elaborate moves. <laughs> yes, they're touching 80% of the time. The rest of it, they're doing feather play. <laughs> the rest of it is setting up the swing. <laughs> Yeah, most of it is Isolde has to go off and get strawberries. You want to hear something unusual? Isolde is the one in the swing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they're both in swings. It's fun. They're just having fun. They've got playground swings. <laughs> and they're those really terrible childhood kinds. The kind where it looks like you're riding in one of Trent Reznor's diapers. Yeah, you know, little leather diaper. Yeah. You can't even get in it once you pass to eight. Black rubber, rubber bathing suit suspended from chains. That's the one. <laughs> There could could there be anything sexier? I'm C-3PO. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, <laughs> so Han takes all of this information and is just like, I'm going to go to my room and be sad. Yeah. I'm going to go listen to, like, I don't know, Dido. But basically, he gives 3PO a task, which 3PO could not be more excited about. He's like, okay, 3PO, I need you to go dig up dirt on the Prince Soldier. I need you to find me... Something that'll make me fuckable. The winner. I want to win. And so 3PO's like, oh, oh my, a task. I, I, I shall see to this at once, Master Han. Good day, Chewbacca. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and he stomps off, and he actually does have a plan. He's, he's <laughs> heading straight into the center of Coruscant because he knows one of the data core processors of all of Coruscant, which is especially gossipy. Yeah, I do like that. I like that one of the data core processors is just a gossipy bitch. Yeah. And will talk about humans with droids that they wouldn't talk about with other humans. Data core pro- what Do droids not have hairdressers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Uh, no hair. <laughs> yeah. All right, so at this point, he... Okay, what happens next, John? Is it is it the, the Alderanian meeting? Yeah, and now <laughs> fucking yeah. we get... A meeting where fucking Threckenhorm is up on a goddamn podium, actually standing on his own two feet for mm-hmm. once in his goddamn life. I can't picture this guy at this point as anything but Ziegler from Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, just body type and look, that's way more Warlord Zinge, though. I know. But still, this guy's kind of got that ringmaster flair in my head. Because he called a meeting just so he could arrange a marriage of two people who were not getting married. Oh, yeah. All he did was like, I got to call a meeting so that I can publicly be like, yo, Leia, let's get this shit official. The show must go on. (laughs) She was confessing. (laughs) So, uh, okay. Uh, so he's basically standing for once, and he uh, Leia says it makes him look a lot less horribly fat. Yeah. Uh, and he is basically calling all the Alderanians of Coruscant together so they can he's discuss. He's calling all freaks. He's calling all freaks. <laughs> and then he gets in a big fight with Ron Perlman in a big red pool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the name of the game. Uh, okay. <laughs> Instead, what's happening is he's calling all the Alderanian survivors on Coruscant to hold a big meeting of Alderanians because he's excited that this Hapes thing will be really, really good for Alderan. And has also managed to get a shitload of cameras. Like, the media droids are out in full force. Yes. 
And so he's basically standing up on a big podium with Leia, being like, and the nuptials shall be glorious. Oh, the, the, the future, the day is coming soon. Oh, my children, let me tell you something. When these two get married, it's all sugar and pie for and so, us. And so Leia ca- uh, routinely interjects, and she's like, uh, we aren't getting married yet. We're just going on a six-month fuck cruise. We aren't even betrothed yet. I've just decided to definitely fuck this guy for six months. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's just a formality. Of course you're going to marry him. This is a six-month chance for you to prove yourself and how good you look with a little crown on your head. And I fucking love that she stands up to be like, hey, that's... And then stops and sits back down because she's like, oh, you know, he's right. This really is basically my chance to... Just sort of get to know Isolder in the penile way. <laughs> in the biblical fashion. Yeah, I'm, this, is, this is a chance for me to just really get to know Isolder and the length of his dick. <laughs> so, well, it's long, you see, because pirates settled the Hapes you cluster. You see, pirates long ago were only allowed to breed if they were big dicked. Yeah, now if they were too small of dick, they were forced to walk the space plank. I'm sorry, you are too small of dick and must (laughs) therefore go into the stars. I'm afraid your tiny timber has given me the shivers. (laughs) Uh, Sigh. (laughs) Okay. So basically she puts up a little bit of a fight here. She's like, oh no, we're not getting married. Uh, You know, eh, may a little. I mean, he is definitely someone I want to get with. Yeah. Well, it turns out that while he's in the middle of his blustery pronunciation, who should interrupt him and demand the podium but our friend 3PO? I love that so much. And he's 3PO's like, oh, may I have a word at the podium? And fucking Horm is like, a fucking droid? Nah! What, a, what is this? Who's got a droid talk? He's like yelling about it. And even Leia finally cuts through her haze of like sex fumes oh yeah she's, she's like, got that like pink haze around her yeah. and he sold her in like big anime eyes with sparkles all uh, around him uh-huh and his hands are like way too big but like uh he cuts through to her and she's like whoa did he just straight up call that guy or call 3po out for being a droid at all well that's gonna kill his political career <laughs> damn don't be fucking racist the droids have their own like union the droid rights activists are definitely gonna make a big stink about this so she stands up immediately because she is not politically stupid she stands up and goes i think we should let the droid speak and yeah. everyone's applauding and so no, on i think that a droid should have the right to speak at a podium huh? mm-hmm. that's me i'm leia i'm the first one to think to stand up and say shit and then you know Threckenhorn kind of backs down he's like mm, yes yes let us yeah. give the microphone to the droid yes of course we would do that yes that's a normal thing to do vote Threckenhorn <laughs> and 3PO gets up there and he has some news he has some shocking information some revelations have been brought to light oh my that god that will chill the very marrow of your bones John the very marrow <laughs> So he has been digging, and he has found some interesting information about one Han Solo. Yes, one Hanifer Q Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. It turns out that Han has a whole bunch of lineage to him, and the uh, end result of it is that technically he is the bona fide deposed king of Corellia. Yeah. Back when Corellia, like... I guess killed all their Bolsheviks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them managed to survive and run off and have a baby. Mm-hmm. And that's the ancient 
king of Corellia's heir. Yeah, Dalla Sewell managed to escape Corellia and uh, start a new life for themselves somewhere. And then the line gets a little murky, but then all of a sudden, the name is changed back to Solo by a guy named like Rolov or Rolox Solo or something. Yeah, Rolo Solo. Rolo Solo. <laughs> Rolo Solo, and but uh, that guy was was Han's grandfather, and now doing a little bit of tracking, we can establish that Han is the only surviving rightful heir to the throne. And everyone's like, "Huh, that's very interesting." But also, all of the names you have mentioned have been horrible pirates. Well, specifically, Dalla Sul in particular was known as Dalla the Black, the uh, the great murderer of Corellia. Oh yeah, so it was yeah. Technically, he is of a royal lineage, but also. As soon as they were deposed, like within a generation or two, the family just completely descended into piracy. Absolute piracy. And here's a fun thing. Han has been hiding this information. Yeah. Han's like, oh, I don't want anyone to know that I come from a pirate family. Yeah. So he- that's why when I changed my name, I just kept it very similar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so it turns out that. Han is descended from a long line of pirates who were at one time the kings of Corellia. Uh, And so 3PO is excited because he, in his simple brain of the simple droid, thinks this means that that Han is entirely... Because here's the way he actually started this conversation. I think we should begin planning the nuptials of Princess Leia and General Honifer Q. Solo. (gasps) Gasp. How dare... He's not... But he's not even a prince. Royalty. Yeah, that's basically what happens. Yeah, Boss Nass showed up real quick. <laughs> uh, so, but, you know, after uh, Threk and Horm kind of laughs it off and is like, marry a non-royal? But I, and and when, the, when he hears that Han is technically royal, he's like, well, I don't want her marrying into the line of those degenerate pirates. And then 3PO drops the wickedest <laughs> sass. <laughs> Fucking 3PO in this chapter. The world went black for the great shade <laughs> 3PO throws here. <laughs> And then they fought in the shade. <laughs> because he says, well, I, I suppose I wouldn't know about the lineage of, of uh, humans and their royalty and, and when the ties, bind, the, the ties that bind matter or do not. I suppose only with my, my uh, tiny little double A one class verbal brain can I not process how you can be so high and mighty and esteemed when you yourself are the grandson of Dalasul because uh, your mother was her illegit- illegitimate daughter. Huh? How about that, you piece of shit? <laughs> and he just kind of sits down, and he's talking to Threken. Threken apparently is related to Han Solo. Yeah, and is <laughs> the bastard child of a uh, pirate king yeah, instead so- of an actual des- <laughs> descendant. <laughs> instead of a by, by marriage descendant like yeah. Han is. So... So that shuts Threk and Horm up. Oh, yeah. And this is this is the greatest shade that's ever thrown in Star Wars, is him being like, oh, I'm sure I don't understand. I, spe- I think you'd probably understand because you're a bigger piece of shit than me. <laughs> I, I'm just an unfrozen caveman lawyer. I don't understand your checks and balances. <laughs> One would assume that you'd have a great deal of understanding packed away in those rolls and jowls, Master Horm. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just suet for birds to feed on in the springtime? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Might I find a, a, cure, a curl of peanut butter or some raisins tucked in there? <laughs> yeah, the the entire thing goes off, and Han, his entire reaction to this is to just get embarrassed and leave. He just buries his face in his hands and then gets up and leaves after a while. He's just like, oh, my face turns so red and I leave. Oh, for shit's sake, this just gets worse and worse. <laughs> All I did was drunkenly instruct the stupidest person I know to dig up dirt on my enemy. <laughs> Who could have predicted it would turn out badly? 
Unfortunately, we don't get to see any of the reactions to this nonsense because it's time for one last scene cut. You see, this whole thing was televised on a variety of media channels. Well, yeah, after the assassination attempt on Leia, this has been a big news story. And who should be watching this whole stupid production but Luke Skywalker all the way out on the bridge of the Bith ship? Yeah, on the, the ship... Yeah, it's a, it's a ship. Captain Bill the Cat. <laughs> uh, the, good, the good ship, Ack. <laughs> I'm on the good ship, chocolate, 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 Ack. Yeah, that'd be if it was Captain Nancy or Kathy. Kathy, Kathy. not Nancy. I don't know who Nancy is. What am I thinking of? Nancy's got good comics now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm, now I'm remembering who Nancy is. and they, they did recently change her writer, and it has been rad. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. been 100% great. That one where you can't blame everyone everyone you don't like on the internet of being a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something switched there, and it's become awesome. Much like how Dick Tracy did a few years back. back for years there, Dick Tracy was drawn by someone who thought arms should be six inches long. Oh, good. And then one day it was just awesome art and looked great. I was like, whoa, what happened? But oh. now it's happening to Nancy. Anyway, the good ship, uh, as being captained by some Biff, actually. Yeah, not some Bill Biff. The, not Bill the Cat, sadly. Uh, Luke is sitting on this ship watching because he's getting ready to head into, I think, to Verpine. He's planning to meet Leia on the planet Verpine still. I guess. Although, I don't think she's going anymore. She's going on a six-month fuck extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything we heard was like, did you just... Drop your diplomatic duties for that dick? Like, what is going on here? She blew off all her shit. Yeah, apparently she was just like, oh no, I have now fallen so far into Isolder's magical trap that I am just like crazy for the D and have forgotten all of my responsibilities. I mean, I kind of want Luke to just be watching the news. Like, uh, top story today, every verpine in the galaxy has been eaten by Barabels. <laughs> they were delicious. <laughs> I got a piece myself. <laughs> I'm the Wookiee Dan Rather. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> Gerald Ford <laughs> was devoured by Gundarks today. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so... Every Luke- verping in the world was eaten by Barabels, and Gerald Ford is dead. <laughs> Luke is watching this, and he's just like, Oh, teehee, these silly politics. Oh, Han, I knew you were a prince. Wait a minute, hold on. That's a great moment to stop and pause and talk. What, Luke? <laughs> Luke, Luke is like, oh, you know what? I always knew. I, a Jedi, always knew that Luke was descended from a line of kings. I knew that Han was... Definitely some kind of royalty. Okay, one, no. No, no you didn't. You did. You've never met. The only royalty you know is Leia, and she's fake royalty. <laughs> let's let's be straight up real. She's adopted. Yeah, and <laughs> I just the after the fact, like, oh, I knew that. I knew that all the time. I knew that all the time. That's, that's something Jedi know. They can sniff kings. Uh, Jedi know these things. Uh, uh, we're mysterious. I, I don't know if you knew this, but the Jedi Order is, is uh, dedicated to establishing and protecting monarchies. Yeah, so... That's uh, what we like. That's what uh, I do. Yeah, well, that's, that's the whole th- all of our powers relate to being able to keep single families in power over generations. Rarely discussed. Who knew? Yeah. I did. We're kind of like the Knights Templar of space. <laughs> We just come crawling out of the woodwork every chance. Yeah, as soon as anything st- changes. So, fuck you, Luke. No, you didn't. Oh, I was. I always knew I knew Han was a king. He had to be. Uh, he's the only person I know from Corellia, so obviously he's their king. Duh. I mean, it only <laughs> stands to reason, because literally everyone I know is super important. <laughs> so, so he's like, well, oh, Han, I always knew you were a king, but now you must be so embarrassed. Oh, 
how could you possibly have stood there from let people say that you are a king? That must be embarrassing. Anyway, I, Luke Skywalker, have to wait for this ship to jump to light speed, and when it does, I won't be able to watch the news anymore because the reception in hyperspace is really bad. <laughs> All we get is Telemundo. <laughs> And I'm looking forward to watching it. It's a game show or a talk show. I can never tell what the shit it's it is. Sabago, Sabado Gigante, Sabado and I am <laughs> raring to watch what happens this time. I can never tell what's going on on that show. It's no, like you're five not shows at once. To it is basically like someone took three variety shows, mashed them together, and then had a band walk through. Look, I'm not even sure that they're all variety shows. I'm pretty sure one of them is like a Jerry Springer thing, and at least one of them is, is like a talent show. And they're just all happening at oh, once. Yeah. It's, someone decided to do an interview during the gong show, and you're like, yeah. what is happening? It's all Why like, is this happening? Like, if you can make your way across that narrow gangplank over the big river of slime, then you get to argue with your identical cousin in this chair, and you win a Kia Sedona. <laughs> <laughs> We've managed to combine Jerry Springer, Double Dare, and the gong show. Have at it, folks. <laughs> it's never boring. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that and fucking, like, Japanese TV. That shit is always like, what? Both, Why? It feel, Sabado Gigante and Japanese day, daytime TV both feel like they're from that school of the Kevin Nealon, uh, the news for people who are hyperactive. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like they have whistles and stuff. and they're It's just throwing <laughs> everything at the wall and just, everything sticks. Every six seconds, something <laughs> crazy happens to make sure you didn't turn your eyes away from the screen. Oh, yeah. It's like fighting broke out along the Gaza Strip. Uh, the senatorial election is still too close to call, and Gerald Ford is dead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that uh, that wraps her all up. That, that pretty much wraps her up. Uh, who knows what will happen next? Will Luke get stuck on Verpine by himself and have to solve that problem? <laughs> I really want Luke to have to solve all of Leia's dumb shit. Like that, he spends the entire thing, never makes it to Dathomir. He just wanders around, being like. Oh, my God. What else was on her calendar? Um, she has to keep looking at, like, scribbled out shit on a calendar. It was like, solve the Barabel Verpine crisis. Scribbled out, fuck Isolder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I have to fuck Isolder. Okay, that shouldn't oh, be too... Well, I guess I'll take one for the team. I'll figure it out. That shouldn't be too difficult. I mean, have you seen him? Oh, my God. That reminds me. We forgot about a huge part of this chapter, John. Did we? Yeah, the part it, part in the bar scene where Han gets bored of 3PO talking. Oh, my God. That's right. You see, there's a part where Han zones out on 3PO reciting poetry or love poetry or some shit at him. And, his, and, and eventually 3PO notices and zooms in on what Han is looking at. And it's random citizens of Coruscant in this bar having fun conversations. Now, there's like four people here, but they're divided neatly into first man, second man, first woman, second woman. So I think John and I, do you, John, do you want to do a dramatic reading with me here? Oh, sure. I'll take first, you take second, and we'll just go through this because this is what the folks on Coruscant are talking about. This is the words of the man on the street. <laughs> this is... This is everything that is happening in the Coruscant bar. Oh, oh I, I thought I was doing first. Are you doing first? Do first. You fire away. I, you're first. Fire, fire away. Fire away. Oh, look. There's General Solo. Gee, he looks pretty bad. Look at those bags under his eyes. Kind of scruffy looking, if you ask me. It makes you wonder what Leia ever saw in him anyway. Now, that prince from Hapes, he is so gorgeous. Down on Coruscant Street, merchants are selling posters of him. Yeah, I bought one for my sister. As for me, I'd take one of his bodyguards any day. 
With a body like his, I'd kill to be his guard. Well, you can guard that body all you want. I'd rather be his masseuse. Can you imagine needing that hot flesh all day long? And scene. What? What? <laughs> First of all, where are they exactly? Down on Coruscant is one of the lines in there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's not just like a, a Space Creedence Clearwater revival song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It's down on Coruscant, so are they are they in orbit? I guess I guess they might are they on like Leia's ship? I, I they must be but even then it's just like that's the people that are on Leia's ship, or there's a bunch of gossipy weirdos. Yeah, a bunch of gossipy people are like sex starved weirdos. Oh, down on Coruscant, they're selling sex posters of his soldier. And I love the I love the poetry that 3PO is pushing pa- uh, pushing on Han at the moment. And this is this is Han's fault, let's be clear. Han asks 3PO for poetry. He's like, "Hey, do you have any love poems memorized and of course three people was like oh fuck yes i do i know so much poems uh, let me begin you with one and he just rattles off some nonsense in some language it's, it's all growly and fun and it's like sha rapa shantanar and it goes on like that for a little while and and han's like oh that actually sounds kind of good buddy what what do you what what what, what was that and and three <laughs> people translates when lightning rushes over the evening plains, I return to my cold den with a Thula rat in my jaws. Then I smell your sweet spore, smeared on the bones by the cave's maw. And it goes on like that, and Han's like, ew, gross. This is about love monsters falling in love over the smell of their shit. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for that. I no, th- Let's th- pass. And thank you for the weird fuck monster poetry. And, and 3PO's like, no, you, I must go on. It's 500,000 lines long. It's the best love epic. Here, I'll, I'll tell you some more of it that, that uh, is not printed in the book. I looked this up on Wikipedia. Uh, it goes, and I'm going to try it in 3PO's voice. Do, do, do you think that... That Yoshi is embarrassed when he poos an egg. <laughs> what do you think it smells like? I would like to smell one. Ha ha. Just for laughs. Ha ha. <laughs> and it goes on like Does this. Does anyone have a picture of Yoshi looking embarrassed while he poos an egg? Ha ha. <laughs> that's, that's how it continues that's for 500,000 lines. For 500,000 lines, yes. <laughs> So, uh, so, so there you go. Uh, okay, that's uh, and I, now I think we can probably wrap yeah, it up. That, now I think it's wrapped. Now that we've realized that everywhere on Coruscant and apparently above Coruscant, it's just a wave of fuck mist just spreading out over the population. I, I, I mean, I feel like if this were to get to a point in the story where it actually was revealed, oh, the Hapes people aren't just sexy; they actually literally do have a pheromone that makes everybody just get horny all the time and not like she's or where you can direct it and be like you're horny for me it's just sort of a horny mist just sort of a generic horn settling in over everyone yeah just just a big boner mist no settles can, on the planet yeah and then eventually it coalesces and forms a coran horn <laughs> and that's what he's made out of a, yeah he's made out of pure hapes sex stank <laughs> That's that's him, Corin Horn, the Hapy Sex Stink Golem. <laughs> so, uh, so there you have it. Things are get heating up out here on Coruscant or above it or whatever the fuck, and uh, everyone's getting into position to figure out what they want to do next. What's Han going to do? He certainly doesn't want to hang around to be known as the deposed son of a murderous king. Wh- what's Chewbacca going to do? What game will he play on his phone next? <laughs> it's probably one of those ones where you click on things and they attack stuff, and then you can pay three ninety nine and not have to do that. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got Wookie Clicker on there <laughs> wookie clicker that's what he's playing yep that's it that's what he's got on his phone <sighs> finally got there you got it you found the way there <laughs> 
what's going on with Leia? Is she jerking off constantly in the in the eighteen percent of the time where she is not touching Princey Solder? <laughs> God knows I am. And what's going on with Gerald Ford? Is he dead? <laughs> You'll have to tune in next time to find out. Right here on Expounded Universe. But otherwise, if you enjoy what you're hearing, and God knows <laughs> but I would. Seriously, but folks. seriously, folks, if I can, if I can we, just... We have fun here, but <laughs> we'd like to take a moment to talk seriously about a, a particular issue. Radon poisoning. It's the silent killer. Make sure you check the detectors in your house on a yearly basis. Double A batteries, please. It's Screaming Ants, the noisy killer. <laughs> okay, so this has been the Expounded Universe podcast. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, you can support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash systemmastery, the name of our other podcast, and support us at the $2 level. That'll unlock bonus content for Star Wars stuff, where we will read to you stories from Wikipedia. Most stupid. Every goddamn week. It is not hard to do, as it turns out. That place is huge and stupid. <laughs> yep. And uh, otherwise, you can find us at, at uh, SystemMasteryPodcast.com, System Mastery on Gmail, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. You know, we're all over the place. Yeah, send us messages. We might even respond to you. Who we, knows? We try. We're pretty good at responding to people. The one thing we never respond to is people who will just send us random corrections that we can't figure out what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. Yeah, if you're going to correct us, then at least let us know what you're correcting us on. Like, if you just send me a note that's like, Actually, you guys were wrong, and uh, it turns out that the French uh, attacked in 1873. I'm going to go, I have no idea what the fuck you were talking I about. I make four podcasts a week, and I barely remember my own fucking name. And I keep <laughs> getting these tweets from people that are like, it was 1915, not 1927. And I'm like, "I what? What, are you ta- I, what does that even mean? What, even, if you, even if you do explain it to me, I'm still not going to care. <laughs> if you're so worried about accuracy, you start a podcast where everything is always right and have a good time and I will not listen to it and thank you for the offer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you if you email us, tweet at us, whatever, we always read it, no matter what. Even if we don't respond, we're, we're reading it. We are. And if we don't respond, it's because fuck you. <laughs> That's not true. Often it's because we're very busy or hot. Oh, or yeah, often or- it's because I look at it and go, I should respond to that and then get high and wander off. <laughs> And I'll see it like four days later and go, oh, shit. What are you getting high on? Uh, Pizza pizza fumes? Oh, definitely pizza fumes. Leftover guacamole. That's sitting and rotting in my room. (laughs) Just a cup of guac sitting on the floor. Man, how much of that shit are you going to leave here for the new owners of this house? All of it. Hi, I'm the Herbs and Spices Kid. Take it down a notch, Han. If you leave Star Fox there, he's going to eat that millennial (laughs) kiss. Yeah. Hey bees, hey bees, hey bees. Yo, baby, boop, bitches, I got it. <laughs>